For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. All across baseball, hitters are off to a slow start. But when does a slow start become a slump? And how do you get out of a slump? The Colorado Rockies have had their ups and downs so far, with several players struggling to get it going. What are they doing to get their bats rolling? This week on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, we're joined by former Rockies great Dante Bichette to ask him about slow starts versus slumps and what it was like to face the great Nolan Ryan. Hint, his elbow still hasn't healed right. Stay with us. It's the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, and it's coming up next. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. Many were, the Rockies are back from their first road trip of the season. It went okay. Well, one, two out of three in Detroit, lost all four in Philadelphia under some horrible weather conditions. I don't, I don't think people understand how difficult, as Dante does, to, to feel the baseball when the wind blowing a million miles an hour. It's, it's a pretty nasty thing to try to do. Uh, Dante Bichette, do you think we're going to go see the day where all the stadiums are domes so we don't have to deal with this crap anymore? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I hope not. I, I like it playing outside. As long as they can retract, I'm okay with it. You and I were, were, were teammates and played in the first game at the Sky Dome, remember? You did? We were there, we were there for the first game in the That's Sky cool. Dome. That's cool. Don August was the winning pitcher and Jimmy Key was the losing pitcher. I, I always remember that because they thought they could close the dome in 20 minutes, and it took them 40. And so yeah. if we had a rain delay where both dugouts and home plate were getting soaked in the pitcher's mound. Pitcher was standing on the mound with his arms crossed, waiting for it to close because the pitcher's mound was dry. Your memory is not what it should be. Well, Knudsen remembers. Too many hits to the head. Too many hits to the head. You remember, you remember everything. I, you know, I, I, I just, you know, you told me this one time, I think I was talking to uh-huh. Jeff Houston the other day uh-huh. about the about this Nolan Ryan story. I was, mm-hmm. today, today's the anniversary of, of Ryan's seventh no-hitter. Uh, we're doing this on a 
on May 1st, he mentioned that you and he, you and, um, uh, or yeah, he we was were, on the field for, for, for the 300th win, which he, and you were both the of us, both of us were, well, I was a reliever that day. I came in early. Was, I, was be, okay. I was between starts and they stuck me in there for a couple of batters and they both bunted and Tony Fosses came in. Remember Dante, Tony Fosses came up and gave up Julio Franco's big hit and Nolan got his 300th win. And I was Bob, thinking about Chris Bosio was Julio Franco and Nolan Ryan playing yep. for the Rangers into uh-huh. their mid-40s and early 40s and believable yeah you know he's still playing you might you might know this dante but he's still he's still playing (laughs) not not in the big leagues but he's playing like like independent ball down in wherever i heard lucio was still playing luis Luis i didn't hear that our buddy at least he's julio frank my guess is julio franco's not trying to hang on as a pitcher like our guest tried to do. Oh no, man, they get every once in a while you see a tweet of him like and doing, you know, he's he's taking BP and he's doing yeah. he's got this dance and everything. Yeah. It's great. That's all. He's like 61 or something now, 62 or something like Dante, that. Dante, you're lucky you didn't tear your rotator cuff trying to pitch. I don't know what you were thinking trying to do that. He was throwing he was throwing like yeah, mid 90s. Yeah, you can throw mid 90s. I mean, you can pitch. That's I tried gonna... to pitch. I know you did. Yeah, it didn't go as well. About a month ago. <laughs> what was the deal you made though? What was the deal you made? Who was it? Who was the manager? From the Red oh Sox that was managing the independent league that he he, he made you a Which, deal. Uh, yes, I told him. Which, I would, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I he said I'll let you hit if you DH for me. So yeah. I did for about about forty two games. I played independent ball and I tried to pitch, but I DH'd most because I hurt my arm the yeah, first. No kidding. Yeah, there's, there's a shock. There's a shock. Yeah, um, but it was not as easy to looks from out there out in right field, is it? No, and I was not as easy. As- I wish I'd have known that a long yeah. time. I, I wish I wish you had too. Yeah. I wish you had too. For a guy I, like me, it's like you I got I got two ball players on this thing and I I never played above high school. So it's always easier than it looks. Yeah, it's um, always uh, it, uh, it looks easy, well, and then I, it, until you until you know, I've never I'm never going to have the chance to try to do it. But I, I always kind of think of a cognizant of that. Like I, if I'm watching BP or I'm watching whatever, I'm like, you know, I'm standing sitting in the dugout. I'm like, this is not. I mean, this is no, the big no. leagues, man. This I, isn't. I, I can write about it or whatever, but it's, it doesn't mean that I know what's what it's like in the box. You know, As I always tell people hitting didn't look that difficult from where I was standing. That's all I know. All you I had one say. hit in your career. I learned that. It's another, it's another uh, feather in my cap, tool in my tool belt to, to make fun of you. With. It was, I'm sure it was a bunt. Um, one for what? One, oh, I don't know. 20, 18, something. I was, you know, we, we didn't get to take, you know, we didn't get, only Chuck Krim got to take BP in Milwaukee, remember? I learned an interesting fact today from the Giants broadcast, and mm. it's that because it because they got a a, a 32 year old uh rookie long mm-hmm. you know long time minor league mm-hmm. got his first hit uh Kirk and Kuiper were on there and they said that uh, bud black is still holds the record for the oldest guy to get his first career hit wow. as a giant at 33 how about that, so, how about that? relevant information for yeah, people right. around here <laughs> let's talk about the start of the season Dante the weather's been terrible everything's hitting wise is down in April no nobody's you know, the OPS home runs all that stuff's down in April weather plays a large role in that but what else is going on? Is it was a shortened spring part of that as well? Yeah, shortened spring, I think for sure for for a lot of the guys, even the defenders, you look around yeah. struggling and and the hitters, boy, boy, there's some really good hitters struggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, and two and three on every team. Yep. So yeah, everybody, nobody know how to handle the short spring, and they just you need about 80 at bats. I think the most people were getting were 20, 25. Mm-hmm. So yeah there's a little catch up and what happens- might just be getting there now then right like yeah. like right where yeah. we're at right now we're about where people would be where guys would be like coming into the season with that bat yeah but the the difference is when you start off and they count you can dig yeah. yourself now right. you're on yourself and you can draw that out a little bit so so that's what, what do you I'm- do we, we got these guys who were slumping 
And you got teams that are slumping, like the Reds we saw here come through this week. How do you dig yourself out of a slump? Is there one certain way a hitter, or is it just, is there, everybody has their own idea? How do you get out of a slump? Well, I think you got to get locked into the process and only care about the process because obviously you can't look at the numbers right now. You got to find, you know, you got to get locked into your mental preparation, your physical preparation, and, and just the process of what makes you good. You can't let your mind wander outside of it because there's 50 guys out in the field if you do playing defense, you know, and the other thing is you find anything, anything positive, you know, to me, you just find it, it, like maybe, Hey, my hard hit average is up right now, but I'm, there's just not falling, you know? So, That's a great point because yeah. I, I wanted to say Bo, um, we had to do this thing where we were asked the uh, MLB.com writers were asked to do like a little draft where you draft the player that you think a star that you think is going to bounce back, you know, after a, a tough first month. And I, I had Bo, and I looked at his stat cast profile and I saw his hard hit rate is higher than it was last year. Yeah. Uh, he's got, he's, his quality of contact is very good. And early in the season, those, the, the, the actual surface level numbers, batting, you know, batting average on base, uh, slugging all that, you know, his ex expected batting average based on the quality of contact was 70 points higher than his actual. And so basically he is, uh, it, it, some of the, like you said, just, uh, just said, Dante, you look for those and you say, okay, well, the peripheral stuff is showing that, you know, it's going to start coming around for you. I was trying to think yeah. of some situations where I, that I saw where guys were doing something silly, something goofy to try to get out of a slump. And I can't really think of any. I, I honestly, off the top of my head, can't think of anybody doing, you know, burning incenses in their locker or anything like that to try That's to wake up, wake up the bats. It is and it yeah. isn't because I know there's guys out there that were superstitious enough to try something really off the wall. Dante, what what did you what kind of silly stuff have you seen guys try? Well, you know, guys will go without batting gloves, or guys will take somebody else's bat, you know, yeah. because that's yep. not work. Or guys won't take batting practice that day. You know, there's there is a lot of superstition. Oh, yeah. I never once for that. I was never one for that. I just kind of really just tried to lock in my preparation, but. But yeah, there's a lot of guys that do a lot of well, work. Well, you know, the, the, some of that superstition though is based on on solid, solid thinking. The great Rod Carew would not take bat, batting practice when he was struggling. So I'm just reinforcing bad habits. He would take more batting practice when he was going good because he wanted to reinforce good habits. So there are some thoughts to some of that, and then some of it is just you know silly. Hey, whatever makes the whatever mind works. Yep. more confident, right? Yeah. Yep, that's 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 the ticket right there. And going back to Bo for a minute, um, what do you see with him? Because I'm, I'm curious because I, I, want, I want my article to look good. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man, because <laughs> the last seven games, his ex, average exit below is over 100. I mean, yeah. that would – and wow. his hard hit average is – oh, it's 75. That would – that'd be probably 25% higher than the league leader this year. So he's having some rough luck, but it's turned around recently. And it, it, it was pretty simple – you know, he wasn't hitting fastball and everybody's saying he's late on the fastball. He actually was coming underneath the fastball. When you still frame it, his barrel was on the ball at, at when he would, when he would be on it, but he would foul it off or miss it. So he was just coming underneath it. I think he fixed that. It was an easy fix. You know, he was trying to stay back and stay back, but that was making his back shoulder drop. But you know, it, it's tough. You man, it's tough to find something like that in a yeah. swing. So you get so that's where that's where your analytics really come in play. What pitch is he missing? How is he missing it? He's fouling it off. He's underneath it. That's an obvious one. The bad path is bad. Seems you know? like he's close. He's just right yeah. there. Because I mean, like I saw him. I saw him rip a single the other day for at 110. You know, and his other two, his outs were 99. 
you know, so um, hitting the ball hard and, 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 you know, that's, that's always been, you know, just from the outside looking in, you know, it's hit the ball hard, good things going to happen, you know, eventually. Manny and, does and, not, Manny does not subscribe to the, my theory that everything evens out in the end. Cause I, I do not, I, we all know. You can't trust Bo, that. You can't Bo's trust. got, Bo's got some bloopers coming his way, right? He's going to hit some tweeners, some cue ball well, shots. That will happen. That will happen. It'll all even out. Am I right, Dante? Am I right? That's not the same as all evening out. It'll even anyway, out. Anyway, we'll, we'll argue about that later. But he'd probably hit about 500. It's right. he's not all even out. There's it'll more even, hard. It'll even out. No, no, no. That's it. That's about my man. Dante come to court. Right. Come to, all, back to Coors Field. It, 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 if you hit hard, if you hit the ball hard more often, good things are going to happen. If you it can't, you can't live like Ryan Tapia was living last year, where he was slapping everything on the ground down the third baseline, and because the third baseman was playing off the line, he got a hit. You can't, it's not, not sustainable. It's not you can't sustainable. at Coors Field. It's sustainable at Coors Field. I promise. By the way, Ryan Tapia uh, is a different hitter right he's now. Been, he's, he's been good, huh? For you guys? Yeah. Yeah, and defensively too, he's made a, a couple of good plays. I, I think. <laughs> He's been pretty any, but he's trying to hit everything out of the park. So he's not the same. He's insane. <laughs> well, man, you get around, you get around Vlad and Bo and stuff. Yeah. And it's probably like, you know, I mean, you got, it's, you know, it's not like that here where it's, you know, I'm, right. I'm all for that. I saw him, I saw him rip a ball 109 miles an hour last year. And I think I, I tweeted something like it's in there. It's, it's in, in there. there. And, and if, they, if he could just, if he could just harness that rather than being the slap guy, I just feel like he could be so much. So much more. Take two swings for the fence and then become the slap guy with two strikes, man. I mean, yeah, that, that was your philosophy and it worked quite, quite well. Yeah. By the way, uh, props to you, Dante, for for calling that Gritchick was going to be a good defensive yeah. player. Man, has he been he's done a good well. defensive player? Incredible. He's he's yeah. he's a very very prepared player, and he is starting. See, he's had this offensively in him too. What he's doing, hitting for a higher average. So right. I, I'm glad. I, I thought that was a perfect place for him. I actually talked to uh, the hitting coach there. Gosh, well, Mag, I called yeah. him and I said, "Man, you might be the perfect guy for him because Magadan was a good hitter, you know." So that's awesome. We talked about individuals getting out of slumps, but teams are in slumps. Again, I mentioned the Reds came in here or just came in here and got swept and are really struggling. Um, and the, the the Brewers' 13 game winning streak, 12 game losing streak thing. Donnie, what are some of the ways you saw your teams try to teams try to get out of a collective slump or losing streak I mean, are, we, are, we, yeah. are we talking about drawing the names out of a hat for the batting order kind of thing oh boy you know i've seen those but i i, not, I haven't seen them at the big league level but i've seen those at the minor league mm-hmm. level those kind of tricks you know where where it isn't so important i think you do that at big league level you might get in trouble nowadays but but yes i've seen all that stuff and again i've seen the you know everybody use the same bat on the team you, you put <laughs> you one go. i like that everybody use the same bat um, uh, you know, um, I've seen the no batting practice that go out the night before and party, yep. you know, everybody <laughs> get crazy. I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. The most important thing though, is to nip it in the bud. Like the Rockies lost the first, they lost those four games in Philadelphia, some strange circumstances and all that, but they, they, they didn't let a four game losing streak turn into a seven or eight or 10 game losing streak. They came back and yeah. won three against the team they're supposed to beat in Cincinnati. So I think that's the important thing, especially in the Rockies division. You can't lose contact like that. You can't get that far below 500 and have, a, have an eight or 10 game losing streak. You got to nip that stuff in the bud. And fortunately for them, they, they did it. Well, that's where the ace is so valuable. When you yeah. have that big pitcher that every fifth day, you're pretty sure you got a chance to win this game. He can, he can stop those losing streaks. Um, and good teams do that too. They stop those losing streaks. But So far, so good. Yeah. Right. Right, Manny. So, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, with the Rockies in particular, it's like, I mean, that's just a tale of two series, right? I mean, they get just, I mean, they got outscored 32 to nine in Philadelphia. Uh, the Phillies got healthy on the Rockies, and the Rockies got real healthy on the Reds this weekend. 
I mean, because the Reds, you know, the Reds are the Reds. And so it's uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, you just beat it, you know, you beat, you beat up on a team that's now three and 19, but you know, wins a win, you know, it's a major league baseball game, you know, and, that, and at the same time though, I think there was, um, there was, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't know what to make of that, that last road trip because uh, they, they started off well in Detroit and then they kind of, I mean, the, the miscues, the defensive miscues were just. Uh, yeah, but I, I can tell you, I can tell you right now. Uncharacteristic. Coaching here in Colorado. The weather, the weather yeah. was a big. Coaching here in Colorado and trying to play baseball games in these hurricane force winds we've had this last few weeks. You just can't play baseball in that weather. And I, you know, you don't see, I, I know we know Charlie Blackman's not a very good outfielder, but he doesn't let that ball drop the other day in Philadelphia. If he's, if it's not blowing all over the place. So what's I, the worst I, weather that you ever played in Dante? I'm, I'm curious. And then you two more. Well, to me, it was in Milwaukee and it was a, uh, it was a foggy night and it was cold. And when the ball was hit for about three innings there, you just had to wait for it to drop. Land, yeah. it, hear it drop. Wow. You, you, I remember was, that day. I remember that game very well. You, you just wait and try to listen for it to drop. Unfortunately, if you <laughs> I remember. Hope it isn't dropping on your no, I, I remember yeah. one drop in particular, Danny Tartable was hitting against me and it was again, so foggy. I think we didn't have snow, sh- snow showers if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I, I hung a curveball and Glenn Braggs was playing left field and we never saw it. We just heard it land in the stand. I mean, we just heard it land. You heard a tink and you know, hit the bleachers because no one never saw the ball. I remember that night vividly. And it was, I have no idea why we've been played in those conditions because someone was liable to get hurt. Milwaukee, I thought had some of the worst yeah. routinely had some of the worst. We you know, it was that, yeah. Oh, we did have that one nice day in July, though. We always had that one nice day in the middle of, middle of July that, was, that we could enjoy. At least that's what we told Gantner all the time. Um, Dante, how, about, how about in Colorado? Was it, was it that first night? I mean, was there a night? Been, that might have been the worst one that first I night. What, the worst I've ever seen in Colorado is when I coached, when I coached oh. there yeah. as the hitting coach. Remember that one series where we played in the snow? There wasn't a yeah, fastball right. over 85 for yeah. two days. Was that Atlanta? Was that the Braves in here? It was, yeah, and, the, and the face yeah. caps and the whole bit. Yeah, that was, yeah. I remember that. It one. was, it wasn't a baseball game. It was a let's get this over game. <laughs> right. Like I'm saying, yeah. man, we, I don't think we're that far away. The three of us will still be alive when every stadium's a dome stadium, retractable dome. I, it's going to come yeah. happen. It's going to happen. Could be. We can't have that. Hey, hey, Dante, um, some of the guys you've seen so far, I know you've watched a lot of games. Um, maybe some guys who've caught your attention that we hadn't, hadn't been on our radar going into the season. Ooh, okay. Shoot, man, this is tough because we've seen the Yankees. Um, I don't I've seen know a lot of the Yankees and Red Sox, yeah. pretty much. Right. Yeah, the Yankees, the Red Sox. It's the same characters there, and we just saw the Astros. Same characters there. Um, boy, I anybody anybody who's fallen off that you expected better things? Garrett Cole. I mean, anything anything that's I mean, shocked yeah, you? Cole, Garrett Cole didn't look great when we faced him. Uh, a lot of the hitters aren't looking real good, yeah. so. Uh, I don't want to, you know, but it's that time of year. I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. yeah but some, something there with Cole isn't right. I don't think, but we'll see. We'll Two see. things, uh, Dante one, Maggie got the 3000 hit. And then um, today is the, the, you know, the anniversary with the, with the Ryan, no, uh, no hitter. I talked to Reed, his son yesterday. And I talked to Huey obviously, cause he was a shortstop in that game. You, you um, with the 3000 hits, do we see another one of those guys? Do we see another mm-hmm. one anytime in the next 20 years? Do you think? With 3,000 hits. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. Yes. Next 20 mm-hmm. years, you'll see one. Yeah. Um, there's some guys that are, there's some guys that are, it's going to be difficult for two reasons. Uh, one, they don't let guys play every day anymore. I mean, yeah. you know, 140 games considered a lot of games. I mean, yeah. Back in the day, it was, 
you were playing 160, 62 games, you know, yeah. uh, and two, they don't play as long. I mean, as soon as you get about 35, they start running out the game. So, and you're going to have to play until your late thirties, mate, you know, closer to 40 to get 3000 hits. So it's not going to be easy anymore. There's a lot of stats that aren't going to be easy to get anymore because of the way the game's changed. But, yeah. yeah. I was doing the, I was doing the story on Ryan. I was, I was looking at, there were only four guys who threw 200 innings last year. Did you say 3,000 hits or 3,000? No, no, no. I, I, 3, I, now, now I'm, I'm shifting gears. 3,000 hits. You're oh, right. Okay. But I'm shifting gears because it just reminded me of how, you know, you said that there, there are numbers that their guys are just not going to get to anymore. Well, Ryan averaged 201 innings from age 40 to 45. Yeah. Average. And we had four guys of any age get to 200 innings last year. Um, it just, it's just guys aren't going, you know, you know, past five. I, I saw a stat somewhere today from our our guy Anthony Castrovitz. I think he, I think it was something like the uh, there's a, there's a team I can't remember which team it was that they haven't had a a pitcher a starting pitcher get a win so far. Um, oh man! Like so far in the season. Is that the Rays? I mean, that could be the I Rays. Don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. By design, it was. But yeah. you know, so the, the the innings. I mean, like you said, guys aren't guys aren't staying staying you know in the game long enough they're not playing long enough i was looking at it and max scherzer is the active leader you know in, in career strikeouts he's got three thousand, i think 83 coming into tonight he'd have to almost duplicate his entire 15 year career to catch nolan nolan ryan <laughs> and that would put him at 51 52 years old and yeah. you know he's not, obviously he's not going to keep striking out 200 guys a year you know and it's like yeah. that's what nolan ryan did you know for for 25 years he's you know he's, i mean the closest guy to him I, there's just new uh documentary it's really good i got a sneak peek last night for the story they uh previewed it or premiered it today after the rangers game uh facing nolan and they had a whole i mean they had george brett they had is, randy it, johnson they is had, dante striking out in that no no they had they had got they had so many so many greats in there and and randy johnson's like the guy you know i'm second to him in strikeouts and he's got a thousand more strikeouts than i have yeah. you know and it's just unbelievable dante when you faced him uh in the box um <laughs> Why are you shaking just, your head? Just, I mean, what, I mean, what, I mean, obviously this is around the time when you yeah. were in the right yeah. around that time where yeah. you were, he was getting to that 40, 41, 42 yeah. years old when you came into the league, what was it yeah. like facing old man, Ryan? Dude. And he, okay. So it was tough. Uh, my first game, I was actually sitting the bench. If I told you this, I've told you this, right? Okay. My uh, first, your first yeah. game. My first game I ever faced him, I was okay. not in the lineup, but I read the I read the the newspaper that day. I was platooning with Claudel Washington, who's who's hitting righties. I was hitting lefties. Mm -hmm. I, read, I read the newspaper that day, and it had every strikeout that Nolan Ryan ever had. And of course, Claudel Washington was at the top of the list. He struck him out like thirty five times. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking, I'm sure I'm I could playing. do that. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I, you know. So I, lineup and i go out on the field and nolan i'm gonna say he was 44 uh manny i'm not sure but i was that would have been that year that he did the seven no, that's 91 that would have been 91 yeah, yeah you were, yeah. We were we were in milwaukee that year yeah so i go out there and 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 i didn't think it was him because he looked like a 25 year old man he had <clears> just <throat> built like a brick house you know yep. and he took his hat off and he had the bald head and i was like oh my gosh that is him he looks like a kid so anyways the first pitch he ever threw me I was, you know, I was looking for the greatest fastball ever. I wasn't looking for a hundred. I was looking for about an 800. Yeah. Right. And it was a breaking ball for a strike yeah. one. And I fell down. Right. Yeah. So I ended, up, I ended up putting 
two balls in play or three balls in play. I got a hit my last time at bat in the seventh inning. He took a no hitter into the seventh inning. I got a hit right after Brian Downing to break it up. So I was one for three with no strikeouts. And I ended up punching out three times twice again off him. I ended up one for 11 with seven Ks off him. How do you so, know that off of your head? You know, you know, are you looking at that? You don't forget right stuff like that. You don't one for that. 11 was seven K, maybe eight Ks, but I think it was seven K. That's amazing. After the first game I did was punch out. I think Dante, <laughs> you'll, you'll acknowledge this too. You'll know this too. When he was older, he became much more of a pitcher. He still had that blazing fastball, but remember the changeup, how good that changeup got at the last, at the end of his career. It was, it was the first power changeup. He had the best fastball I faced and the best breaking ball I faced. And he hit me one day with, in the elbow Ooh. and Man, I'm gonna tell you, he got me yeah. good. I I actually played out of you know just stubbornness the next day. But if it had hit me in a bone, I think it'd have crushed it. Yeah. But he he freaking was he was intimidating too, man. I love I love see another guy like that. Are we? No, Never? no. Can, you know, not not until another alien spaceship from Krypton lands will we see another guy like that. I, I mean, I spent time in the weight room with him. He's 15 years older than I was, and I could no one could come close to what he was doing in the weight room. He was he just a once in a lifetime human being and, and specimen. I totally agree with what Dante said. I will never see another Nolan Ryan. He, he was the first guy I ever saw in the weight room. He, he mm -hmm. was squatting 100 yep. pounds. Yep. I got to, nobody did that back yep, then. That's right. Yep. It's all about he, the legs, right? I, he, mean, he, listen, I mean, he was all about, you know, getting the drive off the legs to keep the, 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 the um, pressure. Off he, the he told me, he told me the story about how he and Bill Singer were the first ones. They weren't even allowed to, to broadcast this fact when they were in with the angels that they were lifting weights. They were going down the third level there's some universal machine stuck in a corner down there because the rams played at the same stadium and they, he and bill singer would go down there and work out unbeknownst to anybody else they weren't allowed to talk about it it was taboo back when he started he was the pioneer of weight training and he'd always tell me that's why i got stronger in the second half of the season when everybody else was starting to fade because i was doing that, that stuff and i watched the man throw six shutout innings or seven shutout innings and come in the come in the training room and hit the exercise bike and ride it for 30 minutes that guy that guy it was, was um, that was night that he threw the that he threw the no hitter uh, he he told Tom House and, and Bobby Valentine, get somebody up because his really? back was killing him, like in the in the in the bullpen warming up before the game. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to make it through one. And for Nolan Ryan to say that, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like that's like that's a big deal. And then he goes out and has the game of his life. I checked the I checked the game score, which Bill James came up with. It's basically, a, you know, rating each individual pitching performance of all time, basically. Um, that you have records for and his the game that that game that that uh, last no hitter was tied for one other game in his career from 1973 for the best game score of ever. one game that nolan ryan ever pitched 44 oh. years 90 days old with the back killing him 16 strikeouts two walks um just 122 pitches I, we've had the 159 pitch thing with yep. the five guys the other night and it's like man i mean there was just the contrast there the juxtaposition between that and Nolan Ryan doing all this stuff, you know, at that age and just, just, I mean, unbelievable. It was, it's just, I mean, uh, do you buy both of you guys? I got to ask you this. Have you, have you seen the uh, documentary fastball? Yeah. I know okay. what you're going to, you're going to, I know, you know what I'm going to ask. Mm -hmm. Do you really think, and I asked Huey this too, I'll tell you what he said in a minute, but you guys really think that when they reverse engineered that they came up with 108 miles per hour on his fastball? I do. It, I, I, it I, I do. Yeah. 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 Really? Really? Yeah, I do. Listen, yes, I saw. Because, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Dante. Well, I've talked to numerous like 30 and 40 year scouts, you know, <laughs> and, and I've asked them every time because all these hundred miles an hour, I'm like, guys, it doesn't look like a hundred. That's right. 
And he says, yes. He says, they've changed the gun like two or three times. Mm -hmm. and wow. Time yep. Absolutely. One or two miles an hour. And it makes total sense. Yep. makes total sense. So are you saying it's really, he really threw like 105, but right these days it would have read 108? Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, depending I on the gun. Yeah. The guns are all different. But I, I because it, for, for those who are listening yeah. and don't know, um, basically back in those days when they were they measured him, I think that the official reading that they got from Ryan in, in his in, in at the at his peak was like 100.9, but that was 10 feet in front of home plate when the radar caught it. Yes. When the gun caught right. it. But nowadays when we comes do out it, of the hand, it's, yep. it's 10 feet yep. out of the hand. Yep. You know, so it's it, 50 feet away. Five, six, seven miles an hour on the way yes. there. So yeah, it loses yep. that much on the way there. So if you're, you know, so that's how they were going back and trying to recreate that fastball and say, okay, if that was what it was at this point, it must've been something like 108. If yeah, you're it, listen, it on I, I, we were playing the, he, when I was an Astro with him, we were playing the Expos and they had a kid named Floyd Yeomans. Grew up with Dwight Gooden and Fred McGriff. Remember, Dante remembers him well. It's flamethrower. And the two of them matched up in the Astrodome. And I, I just sat there on the bench with my mouth open. I've never seen anything like that. Yeomans could, could bring it. I mean, he could bring it. But Nolan was otherworldly how hard he threw the baseball. And, and I, I'm with Dante. I see these guys throwing now. This is 101. I said, it just doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like it looked when, when Nolan threw it that way. He, he was, I mean, special is not even fair. It's not even a good enough word to describe it because I can't imagine. Phil Garner told me a story about when Phil was with the A's and Nolan was with the, with, with the Angels. He said he walked up his first two at-bats and took three strikes in the outside corner and sat down both times and his third time up he said i went up there and, and i'm no two and he says well damn it i'm not going to let him do this to me again i'm just stick the bat out and poke one in the right field and he said the next one went right by his ear and so <laughs> and so the net when he walked up to the plate again he said the umpire was calling strike three while gar was putting his bat in the bat rack he was gone see you later i'm out of here bat in the bat rack that's how, I, that's how that guy was when he was, I wish, young, when he was younger i, I wish no i wish uh, ellis was on this because ellis told me a story for the book on when he got uh into it with nolan because he was like a, I guess, because he's from, you know, Texas. So he was in Arlington in like 1989, I want to say. And it was his first time, you know, playing in front of the family or whatever. And he, and he homered twice. And so the second one, I guess, was off the closer, Jeff Russell. So he's, he's, he's just kind of, you know, milking it a little bit, mm -hmm. not, not, not showing anybody up, but he's just trying to taking his time around the base. Enjoying the moment. Ryan, Nolan Ryan's watching that. He's the next day starter. He's watching that from the dugout. Next day, he, uh, you know, throws one up and in. And then um, a week late, or no, ne next day, he hit him in the head. And uh, he's like, my dad came, my, his dad was there. My dad came down onto the field, was trying to get onto the field to fight Nolan Ryan. And, uh, and, and there was, you know, the bench was cleared and everything else. And he had to go into the, uh, obviously, he had to, you know, he, he had to take taken out and, and go into the, into the training room. And Roger Clemens comes in and goes, Ellie, man, that was intentional. Who do you want me to hit? And uh, he's telling you know, he told me the story. He's like, you want me to hit their, their, their young stud, you know, Palmera? What, what do you want me to do? And he said, no, Gino Petrali, you know, cause he was a catcher. He called for that, whatever. And, um, and then the week and, and like a week later, it was, they were playing at Fenway. Now oh. the same two teams are playing Fenway and Ryan does his, you know, jog around the warning track. And, uh, and he, and he gets to the, to the uh, inside the foul line at the green monster. And he's, and he yells at Ellis like, Hey kid, you know? And Ellis goes, yeah. And he's like, come here. And Ellis says, no, you come here <laughs> to Nolan Ryan. <laughs> and Nolan comes. <laughs> he comes over there. And he goes, uh, hey, listen, kid, I didn't mean to hit you in the head. I got a little too, you know, got I tried to throw it up and in, but I didn't really mean to hit you like I did, you know. Uh, it kind of clipped his shoulder and then hit off his head. And he's like, uh, you know, I, uh, I didn't like what you did to my, to my guys, you know, showing up my guys. But, uh, but I respect your game and I like your game. You know, he's like, and then 
that was it. They were good from that point on. You know, they just had that little talk in the, in, in the Fenway outfield while while Ellis was shagging BP, and boom, there was. I mean, that's just a. It seems like a classic Nolan Ryan encounter. Well, Dante, I wonder if Nolan ever had that discussion with Gary Sheffield. What do you think? Do you, remember, do you remember that one too? Well, I know you do. In okay. Arling, in Arling, you don't remember that in Arlington when when Chef went on the record and called us a bunch of girls. You remember that? No, no one threw him four pitches in a row. Remember, knocked him out four pitches in a row. I, Chef was taking that monster hack, and then yeah. Chef gets to first, and Nolan's like, "I'm not having any of this. You don't swing like that off of Nolan Ryan." And he never did. And I don't know if they ever had to talk about it. You remember that? Oh, I wasn't there yet. I guarantee. Yes, it. you were. You weren't there I, yet. Maybe maybe no. Dave Parker was still around. I don't know. Well, Sheffield yeah. was Sheffield was gone by '88, right? Uh, 91 92 oh, wow. was his last year he, he was there longer than i thought yeah okay I, when he drilled me in the elbow i went i went down and he came he walked up next to me and he and he's standing over me and he and 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 after the game the media comes sprinting into the clubhouse mm-hmm. and they ask, what did he say to you he's never apologized to anybody and i said he didn't apologize <laughs> but he was standing over me and he looks at me and he, he's got that you know john wayne kind of yeah, walk no doubt and he goes, got you in a good spot, didn't I? And he kind of <laughs> back to the mound. And I was like, yes, sir. Please don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, we always thought the Marlboro that's man, amazing. the Marlboro man in, in the old minor league stands was Nolan. That was Nolan because that's who, you know, that's what he was like. But, well, Dante, yeah. I'm just happy you aren't you aren't in the documentary. I always I'm glad when I watch like the Bo Jackson 30 for 30, I'm not in that. So I was very Go watch this one though, man. Facing, you know, oh, I can't it's coming wait to out see it. on the 24th and, uh, in, the, in theaters, but uh, apparently it's in like 700 theaters and um, in, in, in across the country. It's, I, I got to see, it was really good. It's like almost two hours, but it's really in depth and, uh, and goes into the family and, and yep. life and, and how Nolan, you know, what, what, what he was off the field and on the field to his family yep. and great, great, great documentary so I was let's put it this way at 40 what is it 47 he retired 46 his it's last like 40, 46 i think yeah his last pitch was 97 and he blew his arm out and he walked elbow, off yeah. yep seattle in seattle yeah that's right Great. yeah I, I houston houston was there he told me the story about that he's like yeah well you know when i came off the field you know at the end of that inning going to the clubhouse and, and i was like tex you all right and he's like nope that's it and uh wow you know he kind of just said um to, you know houston kind of almost you know it almost seemed like he would kind of yeah. maybe tear up a little bit he's like that was you yeah. just thought it would never end you know with no. him no uh, because he was just he was so he was larger than life in yeah. in that sense of you know and that's why i say you know are we ever going to see that again no. and it's it's an amazing amazing thing you know i just can't even conceive of that today uh, i got like that today yeah most one hitters most two hitters most three hitters most we don't I even mean, realize that's such, that's true. They, they listed it down yeah, like yeah. like all-time record for one hitters all-time record for two hitters all-time record for three hitters like we don't even realize how many no hitters he could have had like he might i mean yeah. one ball bounce a little bit differently he's got 12 no hitters you yeah. know i yeah. mean it's like man yeah i mean well and some of those hits were like the first inning first couple batters and then it'd be the rest right. of the game it wasn't like he lost them late if somebody really wanted to they could go they could go to every stretch of 27 outs that he got a no yeah. hitter in like yeah. across games, like rather than just, you know, in each, in each individual game. And who knows what that would reveal. I mean, that's just, he was interesting. And they go into this because he had the most walks all time, the yeah. most grand slams all time given up. So he, there was this, and I talked to his son. I was like, that's really interesting that you guys would put that in there. It's not exactly flattering. He's like, you know what? No, no. We wanted to tell it's the long, whole story. Yeah. It's so longevity. You're around long enough. That stuff's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You know? and I, I, once heard, I once heard him either give an interview or, or in a book, he said, he said, my theory was I will strike out through three before I, I walk, walk four. Yeah. And, and, but I never, 
never given in. You know who didn't? No. You know you know who didn't like that was the infielders because they stood around doing yeah. a lot of waiting around and grass growing under their feet. For well, the, as the story goes, in that in that last no hitter after the back problems, after he told the Valentine to get somebody mm -hmm. up, and Valentine thought this was the end of Nolan Ryan's career when he's yeah. calling down to the bullpen. Then he goes and after one inning he comes in and he says, "Boys, give me one run." Like he was oh, yeah. that locked in already. Mm -hmm. And uh, Huey came off the field with Steve Bouchelle and they looked at each other like, "It's over." After the first inning. Yeah. I, I was in the dugout when he got his, when he broke Walter Johnson's record in, in, in Houston. Yeah. And it was a big, you know, 4,000 strikeout, excuse me, the 4,000 strikeout. And so they were collecting ball three, you know, 98, 399. The 4,000 went to Hall of Fame. The 4,000 went. Phil Garner was trying to get one of those baseballs. And Tex comes in, the, in there and sits down on the bench and, and everybody's clapped on my back. He wanted none of that. He said, give me some runs. Let's go. Let's get some runs. He was Amazing. a team guy first and foremost, and he, winning was more important than any of the act, individual accolades. And that was, that's part of what made him a large part of what made, made him a great teammate and a great, and a great player. Hey, we got to wrap this up guys. We're running out of time. Good stuff. Good, good. good Dante, talk. thanks for being Dante, on. Man. I really who appreciate you, it. Always. Who are you going to follow? Who are you following the next few days, next few weeks? We'll have you on again. You know what? I, I, I will always be watching the blue Jays, right. but I watch the Rockies. I try to keep up with you guys. So, you know, I'm on it. I love, I love Gritch. Gritch is a great kid, man. He, he's, he's a hard worker. I love, you know, I had Rowdy Tellez for the Brewers. I keep an eye on him too. Well, get, get a hold of Charlie Montoya. I want to hear some Denver Zephyrs Brewers stories from him because he's got some stuff to talk about too. Okay. All Thank right. You. Next time you're up in Toronto. All right, Manny, you got a closer? Yep. Coming up. All right. Dante, thanks very much. We'll be back right after this Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, Look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. Today's edition of The Closer is dedicated to Nolan Ryan on this, the 31st anniversary of his seventh no-hitter. Words can't adequately describe the legendary Ryan, so let's try numbers. 5,714 career strikeouts. That's 839 more than the man in second place on the all-time K's list, Randy Johnson, the big unit. The aforementioned seven no-hitters. No one else has thrown more than four, and the only man to do that was Sandy Koufax. Only one active pitcher has three, Justin Verlander, and two have two, Max Scherzer and Mike Fiers. Nobody threw more one-hitters than Ryan, or two hitters. If a couple of balls bounced differently over the years, who knows? Ten no-hitters? Twelve? More? According to our guest on today's podcast, the great Dante Bichette, who faced Ryan 15 times, Ryan threw a fastball that would have read around 108 miles per hour under today's velocity tracking methods, the number that was given in the great documentary Fastball. Ryan threw his last two no-hitters at age 43 and 44. Just absurd stuff. And the seventh no-hitter, back pain and all, was tied for the highest game score of any game he ever pitched in his career, 101. And he appeared in 807 Major League games over his 27-year Major League career. Ryan led the league or the majors in strikeouts eight times. In 1981, he led the majors with a 169 ERA. In 87, he had a 276 ERA, along with a 2.47 FIP, 6.5 hits per nine innings, and 11.5 strikeouts per nine innings, all of which led the National League. And with all of that and more, Ryan somehow never won a Cy Young Award. Go figure. But he is an absolute legend. 
while the term GOAT, greatest of all time, is way overused to the point where it's almost lost any meaning. This is a rare case in which it cannot possibly be overused. So here's to you, Nolan Ryan, the all-time strikeout king, the GOAT. We will never see another like you. And we're out. That's all for this episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Dante Bichette for joining us once again, and thank you for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.